this morning. All right, we're going to be in Luke chapter 8 this morning. We're going to begin reading with verse 40. We're going just to the, to the very next thing that, that uh, last week Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee. He's got one guy he needs to go see. And he goes through the storm to get to the guy, the guy that is the most lost guy in the whole place. He, he has to cast the demons out of that guy. The guy wants him to stay, but everybody else in the town wants rid of him. So he comes back and he comes to a place where everybody wants him there. He's at a place now where everybody kind of wants him. And we're going to talk about two things that happened while he was there. I want to speak just a minute before we get started about the week that our country has had. And I'm not uh, what, I, what I think uh, doesn't matter. But I think sometimes the church gets uh, the, the, the people have the idea that that what happened last week would be something that the church is for and that the church would condone. And I just want to make everybody know or everybody that happens to be listening that the church is against sin. But we in no way, and there is nothing within us that preaches the idea of going and ending someone's life because we don't agree with them. Okay, I just want everybody to know that. And so if, if anybody has that idea, that is, that is not who we are. We are not about destroying people who don't agree with us. We preach the truth and allow God to work in their lives and hope that they uh, someday come to know Christ. But in no way would we ever condone or say this is something that needs to be done. What has happened this last week is Satan has got in and done what he wanted to do. He destroys. He always destroys. And I would say that in, in, uh, in, in terms of, of damage, he had, a, he had a great week. He destroyed many, many lives. He's destroyed. He's put thoughts into people's mind and destroyed people's vision of the church. He's destroyed... Uh, families. He's hurt many, many people. And that's what happens. If you give Satan a foothold, it always destroys. And so I would encourage you to not let that happen in your life. Let's all stand. We're going to read this morning from God's word. Let's read this before we read out of Luke. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you.
tell anyone what had happened. Let's pray. Lord, help us to have faith. Help us to not be like everybody else and think that there's nothing you can do in this situation. It's just too bad. It's too far gone. There's nothing that can happen here. Father, help us to believe to the very end, even past the end. Help us to believe in forever with you. And Father, I pray that you would just have your way this morning. I think there's probably someone here who needs a touch from you today. And you can do that. Help us to believe as a church. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We talked about last week that uh, Jesus was, had made it through the storm to get to this guy that everybody else had given up on. And I want to encourage you, never give up on people. Never think that, that there is a situation that is too far gone uh, for, for Jesus to change. Keep praying. If you have a friend, keep inviting them to church. Invite them to Sunday school. Invite them to events that we have. We have, uh, we talked about, uh, Sean talked about this morning, uh, our summer Sunday night things. And I know that most people, and for us, it's a time of fellowship. But that would be a really good time to invite someone that maybe wouldn't want to come to church. Maybe they don't want to hear anything, but, but it would be a good time for them to get around God's people. We had a great time the other night. We didn't, we didn't preach. We didn't do anything. And everybody was so excited about not having to hear a pastor preach. And it hurt. It hurt really bad. But we just fellowshiped. We fished and we ate and we ate and we ate. And it was... And next month, we're going we're gonna to get together at the campground again, and we're going to eat again and fellowship together, and we're going to set off fireworks. And you say, well, how is that going to accomplish anything? You never can tell what God's doing. You never can tell what that someone that needs a friend or someone that needs someone to speak truth into their life, and maybe that would be a place where it would be less, uh, I mean, or easier for them to just come and be part of that. Be praying for those situations that God would ha- bring someone into that and that you could speak into their lives. And uh, so Jesus is at this place and he's healed the guy. He's, he's uh, thrown out all the demons out of him. And everybody there says, we don't want you around. Remember that? They said, we don't want you around. The guy that the demons came out of wanted him around, but nobody else did. And so he goes back to a place where everybody wants him wants him there and so we have this uh this theme uh, a continued of healing he we have this radical change radical salvation radical new lives and he has shown that he has power over the elements he has shown that he has power over demons he shows that he has power over sins and so now we're going to see that he has power over disease and jesus has power over death no matter what you are facing no matter what is going on in your life no no matter what is, 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 is in your family or, or what's going on, Jesus has power over it. We've just seen it in one chapter of the Bible. From one end to the other, we see there is nothing that you can name that Jesus doesn't have power over in this eighth chapter of Luke. He covers everything. And so whatever you need, he has it, and he can cover it. And so we have, like I said, we have the one group that runs him off, and, and then the next group that, that, that wants him to be there. And there's always, that's always the way it is. Either you want Jesus around or you don't want him around at all. There's always a choice being made. Do I want Jesus with me? Do I want Jesus in my life or do I want him to stay away? 
And there's sometimes that, that you don't want Jesus around. There's sometimes that, that we want to do things that Jesus can't be part of. We're like, Jesus, can you come be part of that? And he goes, no, I really can't. I really can't be part of this. I, I can't go with you there. I can't be with you if, if that's where you're going to go. I can't be in this situation if that's what you're going to be. And we have to decide, do we really want Jesus around? Because I'm going to tell you what, if you invite Jesus in, he's going to be all up in your business. He's supposed to be. He's supposed to be in there saying, what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you teaching? What is your life saying? If you invite Jesus in, he is going to be in the middle of everything you do. Or he's not going to be in anything you do. And we have to decide, is this where we want to, to, want to be? And so he comes to this town, and this town is all about, we want Jesus. Don't you want to be a church? Like I, I want our church to be like this town. This town was like, yeah, Jesus is here. Jesus is going to do something. Jesus has got something going on, and we're all excited about what he's going to do. And they don't know what he's going to do. It doesn't say like they have any plans for him. They're just like, Jesus is coming back. Man, we're glad he's here. That should be us every Sunday morning. We should be on the edge of our seats saying, what is Jesus going to do this week? What's Jesus going to do here? And then not just what he's going to do in service, but what is he going to do out in the church, out in the, out in the, out in the work-a-day world? What's he going to do in there? And when we come back, we ought to be able to, on, like on Sunday nights when we do testimony or Wednesday nights, we ought to be just like, what's he going to do this week? What's God done this week? I can hardly wait to see what God's going to do. And this is where they were. They were in this place. They were expecting Jesus. Do you, Christians, do you expect Jesus to do something? You expect that God still works like this because he does. All you need is need, and there's always need. And Jesus, and Jesus is here, and faith. We have to have faith. And so this is where these people were, and they were in this town where they were expecting something to happen. And in the midst of this, Jairus is there. And Jairus is, it says that he was the ruler of the synagogue. And the synagogue would be the place where all of the Jewish worship would happen. And he would be the guy that would plan all of the Jewish ceremony and be like all of the worship services and all those things. This guy was the guy that planned it. And he was well thought of. People liked him. People wanted him to, to, to be there. And he had been there, and, and as I've studied and said, that he had been there for a long time. He was a friend to everybody. The whole town would want to help him in his time of need. Think about this. Think about someone in our church that, that, you, that you know and you love. And I was thinking and, uh, about David and Melody Day. Remember when their daughter's house burned down? Probably nobody in here, not very many people in here probably knew their kids. But we all knew David and Melody and we wanted to help them, didn't we? And so we helped them. And so this is kind of, I want you to kind of in your mind think about that. This is Jairus. He's got a 12-year-old daughter. And she is so sick that they think she's going to die. And she's probably been in the synagogue all of her life. And they've been around Jairus and they're just, the whole community is just heartbroken and, and they want to help Jairus. And so Jesus is on his way. And this morning, this, of course, it's Father's Day. And I just have one real point in this story for fathers and the rest of it's for all of us. But Jairus brings the need of his daughter to Jesus. Dads, this morning, are you bringing your kids' needs to Jesus do you bring them before him on a daily basis? Are you 
bringing your kids uh, souls and their activities and the needs of their life? Do you bring them on a daily basis and pray for your kids? Are you bringing them to Jesus? We were, when the kids were little, every, every day before they would leave for school, we would sit and we would pray together. And then I would sit in my chair and I would pray for them as they would go to school. My mom and dad still pray for me. I guarantee you my mom and dad still pray for me. I know Gene and Linda still pray for me. Cindy and I lift up our kids. Parents, are you, are you lifting your kids up? I think sometimes we just think that that doesn't really matter, that that doesn't help, that that's not going to accomplish a lot of things, but it does. This guy did exactly the right thing. His daughter is in need, and so he brings the need to Jesus. If you have kids that are in need, the best thing you can do is bring that need to Jesus. I think sometimes you think, we think that we need to do every earthly thing possible. Me and Joe Young was talking about this this week. They, they tried to do every earthly thing that was possible with the demon-possessed guy. They tried everything. Let's chain him up. Let's try to hold him down. They'd done, they, they had exhausted every earthly idea and it wasn't work. And I think sometimes we think we need to exhaust every earthly thing that we can do. And then if that doesn't work, then we'll pray. We should pray and God will just take care of it is what we should be doing. That's the first thing we should do. We should believe that when we bring our kids before God, that he will do things. And this guy is adamant about doing this. And he, he is adamant about his need in his life. I'm going to tell you what, your kids have an enemy. You know that? Your kids have, have an enemy who seeks to destroy them. If I haven't learned anything else from this week and the things that we've watched go on in Orlando, if you don't think Satan wants to destroy you and your family, you are incorrect. There is nothing more. I think we think, oh, you know, my little kids are little and they're cute. Satan doesn't want to destroy them. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I want you to imagine if, if you have children, small children, somebody calls you up and says, hey, I know where your kids go to school and I know what they do and I'm going to get them and hangs up the phone. Do you think your life would, do you think you'd be like, hmm, what do I need to do? Do you think you'd be a little bit protective? Do you think you'd be watching around when you take them to school? Do you think you'd be watching who, was, who they were uh, associating with? Do you think you'd be watching them when they were uh, kind of out by themselves, but you'd still always be watching wouldn't you? I'm going to tell you what, Satan is worse than anything you can imagine. And he is trying to sneak in every way he can through what they read, through what they listen to, through what they look at, through what's on their phone, through what's in the computer, through what the world is trying to sell them, through their friends at school, through whatever's being taught anywhere, Satan, any place he can get in, he is attacking day and night and day and night and day and night. And he never gives up. And we're just kind of like, oh, well, I hope this works out all right. Folks, you need to be in there. It's a battle. And there's an enemy that seeks to destroy your kids. And Jairus is doing exactly what he should. He's saying, hey, this is my kid, and they're in trouble. Can you help me, Jesus? Every parent should be on their face every night. This is my kid. 
This is what's going on. God, can you help me? Can you intervene? Can you be there on behalf of my children? We have to bring our kids before Jesus. And Jairus did this. So we have this character, Jairus, the guy that everybody likes in town. And then there's another character in this story. And and this is a lady that has always been sick. She's been sick for 12 years. She's always sick. She's always ceremonially unclean. She can't take part in the things that are going on in worship because she is always ceremonially unclean. This doesn't mean that she's a sinner. It just means that she can't take part in things because she's ceremonially unclean. No one wanted to be around her. If you touched her, then you would be ceremonially unclean. And so her family wouldn't even touch her. Can you imagine? Nobody ever wanted to touch you. Nobody ever wanted... You know, we want, we, this morning we stood up and we all shook hands. Glad to see you. Glad you're here. Can you imagine being this woman walking through town? And as you walk through town, nobody reaches out their hand. They'd be like, what's up? No, no thanks. Nobody gives you a hug. When things are going bad, no one comes and puts their arm around you. When you're around your family at family reunion time or whatever you kind of sit and everybody sets away from you you're unclean and you can't get clean you want to be clean but you can't get there from where you're at and she had been uh, i like to think of it as this she'd been on the church prayer list so long she was plumbed down on the bottom you know how the church prayer list goes you don't mean for it to be that way but sometimes some people end up there and you pray for them and And they end up down at the bottom, and and God forgive us, but sometimes they're just names on the prayer list. We don't want them to be that way, but this is the way this woman has been. She has been sick so long that people, that's all they know her as. She's that sick woman that's unclean, and you can't touch her. They're not against her. They don't don't dislike her. She's just been sick so long, and she's never going to be well. In their mind, they don't even think, well, we're going to pray for her, but she's been sick so long, she's probably never going to get well. And that's where she was. And everybody knows her, and she's just the lady that's always sick, and she's never going to be well. And people were used to her being sick, and they just think it's always going to be that way. So on this day, when the news comes that Jairus' daughter is sick, What do you think the priority of prayer is in the church that day? Is it the old woman that's been sick for 12 years? Or is it the little girl that's nearly about to die? You'd like to think in your mind that, oh, we want to put all the needs, but I'm just going to tell you this morning that if uh, one of you had a little child that was sick. That would be seem like the more important thing. I know none of you think that way, but I know my own heart that would tug on my heart a little bit. I know none of you are like that, but that's the way I would be. And we would have you up here and we'd be anointing you and we would and that's just the way we are. Surely I'm not the only person, am I? Somebody else raise your hand or something. <laughs> but I was thinking about it. I was thinking about like if Pastor Sean, because he's a pastor in the church, 
If we found out that something was wrong with Jace and he was really sick and really dying, don't we think we would all come up here and we'd be around him? And, and that would probably be one of the most important prayer requests that day. I'm just being honest. That's the way it would roll that day. And somebody has been sick 12 years. They, they've been sick so long. And what's one more day for them? You know how we are sometimes? It's just, oh, they're used to being sick. Jace is dying. Jairus' daughter is dying. And Jesus goes, well, let's go see her. And everybody's like, woo, let's go. And, and I'm, not, I'm not being mean or anything like that. I'm just saying this is who we are and this is how we act. And we'd have done the same thing. Wouldn't you love, loved if Jesus was there and he said, Jairus' daughter is sick, let's all go. I would have went. I would have been, I mean, I mean, I would have been right there. I want to, I want to see it. I want to see it. And so everybody gets up and they're all headed downtown and they're going to go find Jairus' daughter. And this woman uh, thinks, and everybody's thinking, this is going to be good and we're going to see something really neat. And this woman who's been sick for so long all the faith of the people has ignited her faith. And she says, if he can heal that little girl, and everybody believes he can, he can heal me. And she has faith in her. And in her mind, she thinks, and man, this is the time to do it. Nobody's paying attention to me. It's like a mad mob. And nobody realizes I'm here Nobody realizes that they're bumping into me right now. Nobody realizes that every time they touch me, they're becoming unclean. They don't realize it because they're all thinking about something else. This is the perfect time. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, she's got the faith. The, the, the events of the day has placed faith within her heart, and she knows that she can do it. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I could get healed. I'll let the crowd go by. Nobody will ever know. I'll tell the priest later, and it'll be great. And so the crowd gets, and they're moving, and, and she works her way up and muscles her way through. Nobody knows because they're so excited. They're going to go see Jesus do a miracle. They don't notice her at all. And she's getting pushed around, and she's having to push and really get to where Jesus is. You know, sometimes you got to bull your way to Jesus. Sometimes you got to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying and keep praying till you get what the Lord has promised you. Some of you have people that you're praying for. Keep praying. Keep pushing. Keep bulling your way till you touch the hem of his garment. And it's and so here's this, here's this, imagine this mob and she's working her way through and no, nobody knows, nobody notices because they're so excited about what Jesus is going to do. She reaches up, touches the hem of the garment and she, and she thinks, I'll just slow down. <laughs> she feels it immediately. You know how you're sick and then you feel better? She knew, I mean, immediately she's like, shebang. I think she probably just was like, she stops and the whole bunch keeps moving forward <laughs> and then jesus goes mm, wait a minute and she's like oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> he's like wait a minute somebody got healed 
Jesus is not going to let his work not get glory for God. If God's done something for you, you better give him glory for it. And the crowd's going, and he goes, wait, wait, somebody. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't say something. He goes, hey, somebody touched me. <laughs> and everybody's like, duh. <laughs> Dude, you're lucky you're still standing. They're pushing you everywhere. He goes, no, 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 no. Power's, power's gone out of me. Somebody got healed. And she was so hoping because she didn't want, she don't want anybody, because if everybody figures out she's there, then what are they going to do? They're going to be like, oh no, I touched this lady. Oh, oh. and they're going to have to go through all the things they have to do to become ceremony. It's like a two or three day process. And they'll be like, oh, touch the unclean lady. Oh, you know, you know, and I wanted to go to church on Wednesday. No, I can't go. I want to go to camp this week. You know, I mean, really. I want to go to camp this week. Now, touch the unclean lady. Now I can't go. You know, and this is what, I mean, and she did not want anybody to know. And all of a sudden, she knows, she knows she's going to have to say this. She's like, it was me. It was me. And her faith healed her. I don't know about you, but this, this should have been a one, I mean, this should have been a wonderful thing. But I think for a moment, it probably turned a little ugly. Because as soon as she says, I got healed, that should have been a woohoo. And then Jairus' house comes up, and she, the, the girl died. You, you waited 12 years. You couldn't wait till she got, till she got healed. Oh, no. No. If we, if we hadn't had to stop for this lady, we'd have got there, and she would have been fine. But no, no, no. No, no, no. Lady that's been sick forever, you had to put the, you couldn't have held off another 10 minutes. No, you couldn't hold off. And now the little girl's dead. Just don't bother Jesus anymore. I'm sure, do you understand what they're saying? I'm sure Jesus doesn't have any more miracles in him. That was, that was all, he, and he wasted it on this lady. Now, nobody would say that. But you know somebody's thinking it. You know somebody in the crowd was like, he could have got to you afterwards. You'd have wait, you'd have held off a little longer and this little girl being all right. But no, no. And sometimes in our minds we think, well, Jesus could do this, but he probably can't do anything else. I know he did something in their life and, and, and they got the miracle and, and, and I'm not going to get it. And Jesus doesn't even skip a beat. He's like, she's just sleeping. Let's go wake her up. And they're all like, <laughs> she's stone cold dead. <laughs> and Jesus is like, mm. you understand what Jesus does? They went, do you understand what they went from? They went from, they had all kinds of faith that Jesus is going to do this. Somebody gets healed. They're probably half aggravated at her. And then they got no faith at all. 
You ever felt like that? Jesus doesn't do the thing that you want him to do at the time you want him to do it. And you're all excited. You've got your faith built up. All right, Jesus, let's go. He does something else. He ain't got no more miracles in him. It's past four o'clock. He's going to be clocking out here in a little while. He can't. There's no more. And Jesus goes, don't worry. Can you imagine being Jairus' parent, Jairus and his wife? Everybody's like, don't, don't. I mean, the guy that comes from the house, don't bother the teacher. Don't bother the teacher. It's over. The time is coming past. Don't bother the teacher. And I think Jesus probably let the crowd because he didn't let anybody else see. He's probably like, okay, that's all right. Can you imagine? Some of you need to hear this this morning. Jesus speaking into you, I got this. Some of you need to hear that this morning. I don't know who you are, but somebody needs to hear that this morning. Jesus has got this. I got this. And he walks in there, grabs her hand. She gets up. That's a pretty lost cause, somebody dead. I mean, there, there's not much worse than that. I mean, the, the guy with ten demons, he was lost. He was in bad, bad shape. And Jesus came. But this girl's dead. There's not much hope left there. I want you to know this morning, it don't matter where you are or how lost you are or how lost someone in your family is or how bad you've been or what it is, you're not so far gone that Jesus can't bring you back. I want us to stand this morning. Lance, I want you to come. There are moments when we have faith and we are walking forward and then Jesus does something different than what we thought and we're like, what? I guess he can't. Jesus is never going to run out of miracles. He doesn't have, well, I just can do two today and I just did one. He never runs out. What runs out, you know what they ran out of? They ran out of faith that day. Because they thought he was going to do one thing and he did something else. Well, I don't have faith for that now. Apparently Jairus and his wife had enough faith for him to walk in there and get that girl up. I don't know what you need this morning. I don't know what it is. I don't care. But whatever you need today, I want you to know Jesus can provide for you whatever it is we've we've seen that he calms the storm if you need delivered he delivered that guy from a legion of demons maybe you have a a, an addiction or that's something that has a hold of you or whatever it is obviously jesus can deliver people from that maybe you have something in your body that you have been dealing with for long periods of time This lady that day had faith. She touched the hem of his garment. He delivered her from that. It's almost too good to believe, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Believe this morning. The other little girl is 
gone. Some of you have children who are lost, lost. Maybe to the point that you think it's too far. I don't know if God can ever bring them back. This girl was stone cold dead and he brought her back. Don't give up. Keep bringing them to Jesus and keep having faith. I don't know what your need is this morning. If you feel like right now, I need to pray. I just need to pray this morning. I need a, a, a new faith or, or I need to be delivered from something. Or, or if maybe you have sin in your life and you want to be delivered from that this morning. Jesus was everything for everybody in chapter 8. You name it, he did it. And today, you name it, he can do it for you. If you have a need this morning, all you need is need Jesus and faith. The need is here. Jesus is here. Do you have faith this morning? If you need to come, come as we sing.